good morning, everyone. It uh, is good to be here with you all uh, today. It's been a week for sure. We have a, um, you know, a text thread amongst our staff, and I think starting on Tuesday, it was like checking in on who else was sick. You know, it was just the dominoes were falling left and right. And, um, but, you know, God's faithful in all of it, and um, he uses it all for his glory and his good. And um, when you're stuck in bed for a few days, there's not much to do but pray. And so um, I was able to in, in, in time that I, that I really didn't know I needed until it was kind of forced upon me um, to pray and just have some time with the Lord on, on, on personal things, just James and God stuff, not Pastor James and God stuff. So that was really good. But in, in the midst of it all, um, there was a sermon to prepare for, and um, I just did not have any energy, and, and how am I going to search this out like I normally would, and pray about it like I normally would, and uh, just wasn't afforded me those opportunities, and I was praying, you know, Lord, like, you know, I know you're going to come up with something. What do you, what do you want? What do you, I was just talking to someone in church, I think it was last week, about you know, when God doesn't reveal what to share, just wait, just be patient, you know, and I had to kind of follow my own advice on it and, and trust in the Lord, and, and he kept bringing something back to me over and over again, and, um, and, and I kind of was like, no, Lord, that's, no, that's not it, you know, that's, that's, that's not even going to fill a full sermon, you know, I need a solid 35 minutes, you know, we're, we're taking up a pastor Christmas offering this Sunday, I need to show my, my worth to these people, uh, and, you know, 20 minutes ain't going to cut. I'm sure y'all are devastated that it's only going to be about 20 minutes today, right? But, um, and then it was like, well, Lord, that's not, that's not a Christmassy message. Like, I, that's, not, that's not the season that we're in, which totally defeats the entire purpose of why I felt like the Lord in the first place put God with us on my heart for this season is because of the very truth of the fact that ev what Don just said himself, every message is a Christmas message. Every message is an Easter message. The entire Bible is about Christmas. It is about Jesus' life, death, resurrection, and it is about revelation as well, y'all, because everything points back to Jesus. Everything does. And so when we talk about God with us, we're not just talking about Jesus as this little eight-pound, six-ounce baby Jesus, right? We are talking about that he is with us all the time. So, of course, every message that is about Jesus is a Christmas message. And so finally I said, all right, Lord, I'm going to do it. I'm going to go with, with what you say, and we're going to preach this this morning. And last week, we talked about God with us in our celebrations. And we had a time. It was an awesome Sunday we laughed, we cried, we baptized, we ate hot dogs. It couldn't have gotten any better. And then the Jaguars ruined it later that day, but it's okay. We are here today in faith again in Jesus' name. Um, but it was an awesome time, and I hope that this past week y'all were able to invite the Lord into some of your celebrations, into the good things that are going on in your life. But I want to I wanna flip the coin today. I want to flip the coin on what we're, what we're, from what we talked about last week to today. And I want to talk about the fact that God is with us in our failures. God is with us in our failures. And I want to make this point very clear before we go any further and read Romans 3.23 that says, For 
all have sinned and fallen short of God's glorious standard. All of us, everyone, have fallen short of God's glorious standard. Now, we might have our own standard. We might have a standard that we want to live up to. And some days we hit it and some days we don't. <coughs> Excuse me. But there is only one standard. There is only one standard, and that is God's glorious standard. All right? It's up here. And what he tells us in Romans is that none of us have met that standard. We've all fallen short. We've all failed. And, and a lot of times when we, you know, there, there's kind of two groups when we talk about failures. There's those that kind of think, well, I haven't really had a failure in a while. I'm like, okay, back up from that person, right? I'm doing pretty good, right? And that's not to diminish that. You might be, you might be doing really good, and, and praise God for that. But we, we all mess up every single day, right? But then there's especially those that I want to talk to this morning who, who wrap their arms around your failure. And you don't let go of it to the point where you even build like a monument in your life to your failure and you wear it around your neck like an albatross and you make it the entire center of your life and all of your focus and all of your thoughts and all of your energy go to the failures that you have committed in your life. And it becomes the center of your life. And in doing so, when we do that, we push Jesus further and further and further away. And we only focus on that. And maybe without even saying so, it might not come out in our words, but we actually, in our heart, are saying, Jesus, you lie when you talk about me the way you do. That you could use me, that you love me, that you're for me. I don't believe it because of the failures that I've committed in my life. And so we become more attached to the failure than we do the Savior that has saved us from those failures because we've made it the center of our life. Y'all, we need to remember something. God is with us in our failures. He is with us in our darkest moments, our most shameful and secretive moments. He's saying, yeah, I was there, and I'm not leaving. See, God didn't lie when he told us that he would never leave us and he would never forsake us. He wasn't lying when he said that. Do you know what the word forsake means, by the way? It means to abandon to renounce or to give up on. So God's saying, I will never, I will never give up on you. And I will never renounce you as my son or as my daughter. I don't care how dark it gets. I am with you in it. And I'm not going anywhere. So stop building these monuments to your failures and start looking at me. That's the truth. God doesn't lie. He is truth. Jesus is the way and the truth and the life. He can't lie. 
And he doesn't lie. When he says, I'm not going to give up on you, he means it. Not because you had a good day here where you met your standard. But in all of it. In all of it. Jesus does not lie. You know what does lie? Fear. Fear is a dirty liar. And when we, when we start giving all of our attention and all of our focus to the failures in our life, we make our failures the center of our existence. We start walking in fear. And then what happens? Here come the lies. Here come all the lies. And we put those lies on Jesus somehow. He's saying, that's not me. You're walking in fear. I believe there's many of us this morning that need to let those failures go. This season is a hard season. There's all sorts of stresses and sickness sometimes and busyness and all those things. The last thing that we need to add to it is failure. I want to read you all this story, and this is, this is why I kind of fought this, because we're here, you know, in the Christmas season to talk about Jesus' birth, but today we're going to talk about a story involving his death. Um, but, you know, the whole point of Jesus' birth was to die. We'll get into that later. Um, more on Christmas Eve on that. Stay tuned. Um, but it's out of Luke 23, starting in verse 35. It says, the crowd watched and the teacher and the leaders scoffed. He saved others, they said. Let him save himself if he is really God's Messiah, the chosen one. The soldiers mocked him, too, by offering him a drink of sour wine. They called out to him, if you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. A sign was fastened above him with these words, this is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals hanging beside him scoffed. So you're the Messiah, are you? Prove it by saving yourself and us, too, while you're at it. But the other criminal protested, don't you fear God even when you have been sentenced to die? We deserve to die for our crimes, but this man hasn't done anything wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus replied, I assure you, today you will be with me in paradise. So here is this criminal, here is this man admitting his guilt with every opportunity in the world to make his failures the center of his existence. They are literally the cause for him dying in that moment. His failures landed him on a cross. A confessed criminal. And he has a choice in this moment. A choice that we all face all the time. Am I going to put my focus on my cross or on Jesus's? Putting a focus on his cross says, I did this. I earned this. This is my fault. And you know, when we, when we put focus on our cross, that is us putting focus on us trying to earn our salvation. Us being our own savior. I'm going to be my savior and I'm going, to, I'm going to 
earn my way to this, that, and the other. And I'm going to meet my glorious standard. And when we do that, we fail every single time. Our cross fails every single time. Jesus' cross never fails. It never fails. Not once. And so this criminal, this guy who is on a cross dying, is in that moment able to say, I'm not going to look here. I'm not going to look at my failures. I'm not going to look at my mistakes. I'm going to turn and I'm going to see my Savior right next to me. I'm going to shift my focus from myself and what got me here to the one that can save me. And Jesus is right there because his cross never fails. What would have happened to that man if he had just lived in his failure? It's not my fault. I did this. I'm a loser. I'm a failure. Death and eternity awaits him in a very different way than what he received from Jesus. We have opportunity after opportunity after opportunity after opportunity after opportunity to shift and look right next to us to a God who is with us in our failures. And he says, I'm pulling you out of that and I'm not going to let that be your existence. I'm not going to let that define you. I'm not going to let that dictate your life. I say who you are. And I am never going to give up on you. But y'all, we got to look. We got to look. And stop living this lie that says that we're nothing. There's more to Romans 3, where we began earlier. Starting in verse 24, it says, Yet God... In his grace, freely makes us right in his sight. He did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty of our sins. For God presented Jesus as a sacrifice for sin. People are made right with God when they believe that Jesus sacrificed his life, shedding his blood. Read that last part again. People are made right with God when they believe that Jesus sacrificed his life, shedding his blood. We have to preach the cross of Christ to ourselves every single day. Every single day we have to preach the cross of Christ. Otherwise, we will very quickly revert to faith plus works equals salvation. If we don't continue to preach Jesus to ourselves, the cross of Jesus to ourselves, we will very quickly revert back to, I have to earn this and I have to meet my own glorious standard. Listen, y'all can meet your own glorious standard all day long. It's not going to do you any good. Except maybe make you feel better about yourself and probably make you feel better about other people. God's glorious standard is what saves. And his glorious standard was nailed to a cross for us in the form of Jesus Christ. And for those of you in here, and I know that there are some of us in here that need to hear this, God is never going to give up on you. He is never going to renounce you. 
because you failed. He's with you in your failures. You don't have to hide, be ashamed. You just have to go to him. You just have to go to him. Imagine, if you will, I heard um, Alistair Begg say this. He's, he's one of my, my favorite preachers on the planet. Um, he talks about this guy, this, and he'll do it in a much more eloquent way than I ever could. This criminal, though, when he gets to heaven, and what it must have been like for him being questioned by others who were there. So what church did you belong to? Yeah, I didn't. Did you, did you tithe? No, I never tithed. Are you familiar with the doctrine of justification and sanctification and Christology and soteriology and all theologies? Like, no, I don't know what you're talking about. And everyone's like, what's this guy doing here? He doesn't belong. And finally they ask him, so what, what made you allowed to come into this place, into this heaven? And his answer is simple. Because the man on the middle cross said I could come. Because the man on the middle cross said I could come. You know, we have to start taking the first person out of that sentence. Where, oh, be because I did this. Because I did that. Because I this. And instead, our answer needs to be, because Jesus never gave up on me. That's why I'm here. That's why I go to church on Sundays. That's why I'm inviting you to come with me on Christmas Eve to church so that you can meet the same Savior that I've met. That my failures are not the center of my universe anymore. Jesus is. Because even in all of that, he never gave up on me. And it's not about how much I know. It's not about how much I've given. It's not about all the theology in the world. It's that I have a Savior who never gave up on me. Do you want to meet him too? Do you want to meet him too? I know that there's people that need to meet him. That are walking and living in a life that they just are completely wrapped in their own failures. And they don't know what to do about it. Completely stuck. Maybe on the brink of who knows what. Depression, suicide, drug addiction. Marriages about to break. Because failure is defining them. All they have to do is look to the cross. And that's all you have to do as well. But will we do it? We have the band come back up. And I just, I think it's such an amazing illustration as we're talking about God being with us in our failures. Here is this guy, this criminal who confessed that he deserved to be there. He said, we did these crimes. We belong here. Failure got me here. 
And then he literally looks right next to him. And here's Jesus on a cross. And he's saying, I'm right here with you. You've earned it. I chose to be here. I chose to be here with you in your failure because I love you. And when I say that I will never give up on you, I mean it to the point of being on a cross right next to you. I didn't get all the way to the hill and say, that's enough for me, that's as far as I go. No. I was nailed to this thing. And I chose to do it because I'm never gonna renounce you. I'm never gonna renounce you. I will never give up on you. Ever, ever, ever. The miracle of Jesus' birth is that it set up this domino effect of him not just being with us in that moment, this declaration of God is with us now, born of Jesus, and he's gone. It was, it was forever, forever with us. It was an eternal moment didn't end on a cross. It didn't end when he went back up to heaven. It never ends. It doesn't end when he comes back. That's just going to be the beginning. Hallelujah. He's with us, y'all. He is with us. All of it. We're going to worship. And I'm going to pray for you. But before we even do that, I want to give you some names really quick. Maybe you've heard of some of them. Noah built an awesome ark. After 40 days and 40 nights, gets off, gets drunk, curses his son, messes up. Abraham can't wait for God's promise in his life to be fulfilled, starts a family with his concubine. He also pretends that his wife is his sister to a king. Jacob, the list is too long to get into Jacob. <laughs> Moses is a murderer. David's a murderer and an adulterer. Peter takes a few steps on water, then sinks, cuts off a guard's ear. Paul, before he's saved, tries to arrest and kill Christians. God uses, God uses us, not because we're perfect, because he calls us. And when we respond, he says, okay, let's go. It's not about being perfect, y'all. It's about going forward still, running that race with perseverance to get that prize. And I don't know about you, but I can run a lot faster if I don't have failure tied to my ankle. Will you run? Will you run? Don't hang your hat on perfection. Hang your hat on Jesus. He's the only thing that's perfect anyway. Let's stand up and I wanna pray for you this morning. And I also wanna open up the altar to anyone that might need it. To just come and get with the Lord whatever that looks like for you. Father, we just 
Lord, we come before you right now, humbled, and even sorry, Lord, that we've made our failures bigger than you. We've made our failures be greater than your death and resurrection from the cross. God, right now, we take you at your word. We believe you. We don't believe in the fear. We don't believe in the lies that we've been living in. But we believe in you that says that you will never give up on us, that you will never leave us, and you will never forsake us, and that you have set us free by the blood of Jesus Christ on the cross. We believe now, Lord. We believe now that you're setting us free even in this moment. Father, for, for those that have been carrying a weight, a boulder called failure in their life, making it their identity, their whole existence, I pray, Jesus, right now that you would break those chains. Cut them free, Father. Cut them free. And let the words today resonate with them loudly. They are yours. They are yours, and you're not giving up on them. And there are still greater things to come. Hallelujah. Jesus, release them right now. Even in this moment, they would feel that weight lifting. They would be lighter and freer than they've been in weeks, months, or even years, Lord. Hallelujah. Yes, Jesus. Release them now, Father. If there's anyone in this room that has not received Jesus as your Savior, you've been trying to do it yourself. Just keep hitting dead ends. I want to invite you in this moment to receive the gift we've been talking about all morning gift of a Savior who loves you and who died for you, who took your penalty on his own shoulders to have a relationship with you. All you have to do is believe. Believe in your heart, profess with your mouth, and you will be saved is what the Bible says. So even in this moment now, all you have to say is, Jesus, I believe. Jesus, I believe. Thank you, Jesus. Let's worship.